Welcome to the Lock Sportscast, your weekly source for Lock Sport news. This is episode 112, recorded July 31st, 2022. I'm your host, Charles Current. And in today's episode, the new Great Brinks robbery, seven year old picks faster than dad, defeating electronic locks, new products, meetups, criminals, sales, giveaways, and more. You can subscribe to the audio version of the show on most podcast apps and at thelocksportscast.com. You can subscribe to the video version on YouTube, Odyssey, or Apple Podcasts. Links to stories discussed will be in the show notes. You can find full show notes also with all of the links at thelocksportscast.com. Right up front, I'll apologize if you hear any fan noise in the background. It's been over 100 here this week and this room has no air conditioning so i do have a fan very low blowing on me over on the side over here but uh hopefully you won't hear too much of it so first up in the news this week the los angeles times put out an article entitled mystery shrouds colossal brinks heist at i5 truck stop who stole millions in gems and gold this was written by uh, richard winton and published july 22nd The article says that around 2 a.m. on July 11th, two armed guards left their Brinks big rig, giving a gang of thieves 27 minutes to make a huge snatch. Its total value is still unknown. Estimates range from 10 million to 100 million. It says the burglars bypassed the truck's locking mechanism and used the storage containers to haul away precious gems, gold, and other valuables from the Brinks tractor trailer. According to multiple law enforcement sources they have that are not technically authorized to discuss the crime, so they are anonymous. How much thieves actually netted is still up for debate. Brinks said it was less than $10 million based on insurance. A federal law enforcement source and some associated with the International Gem and Jewelry Show world said that the total appears to be closer to $100 million. Los Angeles County Sheriff's Major Crimes Bureau Sergeant Michael Maleski, a veteran of investigating armored car and bank capers, is quoted as saying, We are talking multi-millions here. It's a huge amount of money. Maleski said the $10 million is a base and is expected to escalate. So the question is how the thieves got into the truck and whether they knew in advance about the valuables inside, given less than the half-hour window they had. He said, quote, We believe several thieves had to be involved. The thieves were able to bypass the truck's locking mechanism, unload a series of storage containers filled with jewelry, diamonds, other precious gems, and a plethora of Rolexes and other designer watches. The investigator said he wouldn't describe the locking mechanism, but acknowledged it would not be exceedingly difficult to crack. Outward signs of the riches inside were not obvious, but Molesky said the guards driving the trucks are openly carrying firearms, and that could alert someone watching the trucks. If you're hauling millions of dollars of precious gems and jewelry, you have to have armed guards, and according to one thing I read on this, a a bulletproof windowed truck, yet you put a lock on the trailer that is easy to crack, evidently, and you leave the truck unattended for almost a half an hour. Why does anybody trust Brinks with this stuff? It doesn't sound like they even 
maybe they're just comfortable in their position in the industry now and there's no real alternative, but this this is bad. Uh, Arnold Duke, president of the International Gem and Jewelry Show, whose exhibitors displayed the items in San Mateo and were moving them to Pasadena, said the truck contained many 70 to 100 pound plastic containers filled with jewelry, gems, and watches. He said, we are looking at more than 100 million in documented losses. This was an absolutely huge crime, one of the largest jewelry heists ever. We are talking gold, diamonds, rubies, emeralds, and loads of luxury watches. There were 15 exhibitors, each with 5 to 10 million in merchandise. These are small businesses with their entire wealth vested in that truck. It has destroyed them financially and affected their health in some cases. Yeah, everything you've worked for is in that truck, and Brinks can't even put a decent lock on it or keep a guard there. Duke said he was told that the thieves did not manage to get all the valuables off the truck. He declined to discuss the security measures at the shows, but said everyone entering is photographed. Typically, merchandise is transported in a big rig with a bulletproof cab equipped with satellite tracking and elaborate camera systems, armed guards, with the exact route kept secret, he added. FBI agents and sheriff's crime investigators have scoured the Flying J truck stop off I-5 for clues. They have interviewed potential witnesses and reviewed security photos for images of vital half-hour window where the security guards left their truck unguarded. Flying J's corporate parent has a web page for its travel center security videos to help law enforcement and others gain access. Cargo theft is a massive criminal enterprise across the L.A. region with some of the biggest ports in the nation. Last year alone, CargoNet, a theft record firm, logged more than $57 million in cargo th- truck theft. California remains top state for cargo snatches with a 13% increase over 2020. The truck stop cargo thefts, according to the insurance underwriters, are relatively common, but data on U.S. truck stop cargo thefts between 2012 and 2018 showed only one theft at this particular location. The article says that it's more likely, however, that the thieves tracked the truck from the gem show's last location in San Mateo. Vendors created their riches July 10th, put them on the truck destined for the next show in Pasadena. FBI officials say, obviously, they are examining everyone who knew about the move. And, of course, Brinks declined to comment simply releasing a statement that said, Last week, a loss incident involving a Brinks vehicle occurred near Los Angeles. According to the information the customers provided to us before they shipped their items, the total value of the missing items is less than $10 million. We are working with law enforcement and will fully reimburse our customers for the value of their assets that were stolen in accordance with the term of our contract, which means as little as they can get away with. My wife brought up a good point. There's a very good possibility, as we've been hearing for a long time now, with air tags being used to track vehicles and people for all kinds of nefarious reasons. Somebody could have thrown an air tag on the back of this trailer at the show and then just waited for it to stop, kept an eye on it from a distance. When the drivers walked away, unload. As soon as you see they're having lunch or or what or breakfast or whatever they're doing go to work. To me, this is an example of security by obscurity by a major security company. They're hoping that the fact that you don't know where the truck is will provide all the security they need. 
So therefore, they cannot put a heavy lock on it and just leave it unattended while their, their drivers go to lunch. No big deal. Won't be a problem. In my opinion, if you're hauling something that this, is this valuable, you should have maybe a rotating crew or an extra armed guard that's on there that's not a driver. They can just watch the truck while the others go have their lunch and then you know swap off something. The truck shouldn't be unattended anywhere with over $100 million of, of loot in there. It's just bad practice. Lazy security by Brinks, on my, in my opinion. IFISC sent this in. This was a press release about Keys Inc. relaunching the Keys app at Aloha Locksmith and Security Expo in 2022. This is evidently a free app that people can use to locate a locksmith nearby. Locksmiths have to sign up for the service here, which is supposedly free, no monthly charges or subscription free fees, but they're going to process the payments. You have to state your price and they're going to process the payments and they're going to take their cut. So I have several concerns with this myself and I'm not even a locksmith, but are they vetting the locksmiths that get on this or is this going to be full of a bunch of these fly-by-night scam artist types? How many of those versus real locksmiths are going to sign up for this service? Second, if they get popular, are they going to corner the market and then start charging exorbitant fees to locksmiths? If if you want customers, you're going to have to be on our app. And if you want to be on our app, you're going to have to pay us X amount. I don't know. I just don't trust these companies anymore. I've seen the dirty practices that corporations do over and over again. Their only real concern is their investors' pocketbooks, which is what a company does. That is how the system works. But I wouldn't want to get into bed with a company like this. I guess I'm getting old and very cynical. But on much better news, uh, I loved this one. So Kixpix put out a video. World record, watch my seven-year-old daughter single pin pick a security lock in less than 18 seconds. The description says my seven-year-old daughter was able to single pick her first security pin lock in less than 18 seconds. I'm amazed by how the brain of the new younger generation works. I spend around one minute explaining how lock picking works. And I woke up after a short nap to find my daughter pick open a five pin lock pinned with spool, mushroom, and two serrated pins. When asked how did you do it, she said it was easy. I just lifted all the pins to the shear line and rotated. I'm so happy that I share a common hobby now with my daughter. He notes that there was a mistake made with the editing software and the time that's shown on the video for her pick is not correct. It's actually 17.6 seconds, not eight seconds, but it's so cute. You really should watch the video. Her reaction is adorable. Uh, Obviously very proud of what she has done, rightfully so, and uh, very proud that she made her dad happy about that. She's obviously been watching her daddy for a while and just wants to do what he does, and it was great. And this video also shared by iFisk, Electronic Locks, Bumping, and Other Mischief. This is, was a talk put on by Michael Hubler, or MH, posted on MediaCCC.de. And the description says, Modern electronic locks are often optimized for cost, not security, or their manufacturers don't do security research, or they just ignore it. For whatever reason, many electronic lock systems are susceptible to surprisingly simple attacks. 
We'll look at some of them and at the underlying basics so that you can do your own research. In this talk, we look at a number of electronic locks and their security flaws. Surprisingly, many current systems are susceptible to very simple attacks, like the equivalent of using bump keys. And it says, of course, there are electronic attacks too. We'll look at some of them and the underlying basics. It says, some of the problems have been fixed by manufacturers, but typically only for future production runs. So you'll get some practical advice on how to test your own hardware for these critical flaws. And that is one of the many problems I have with these electronic-based locks. There's almost never a good system for pushing out updates. So if a, well, obviously there's not going to be for a physical uh, security flaw. There's very rarely any fix you can do in the field for that that isn't you know, going to cost you a fortune. And even with the, the software-based ones, how many are actually doing a good job of making sure their customers are aware of any security flaws that come up, if the company is even aware of them, and pushing out updates and have a, a decent way to actually update the lock that isn't in itself another security vulnerability. Anyway, this video is great. Uh, shows physical a lot of physical ways to defeat these European electronic-style locks that he's working with. Primarily, the, the number one way, using a uh, rotary hammer. A battery-powered rotary hammer just opens them right up. It's amazing. That's what he's talking about when he talks about bumping. It is just comically quick. And last up here for videos is one sent in by uh, Trell. A Trap for Cowboy Locksmiths by uh, Lockpicking Legend. Uh, doing a reaction to a video that actually I covered a while back. But it is a video where they set up a fake lockout situation and called a bunch of locksmiths to see what they were going to do when they got there. Were they going to be able to pick this extremely easy to pick lock? Were they just going to drill it? Were they going to try and overcharge? What were they going to do? And and it was shocking what they actually found. And this is a lockpicking legend reacting to that and giving his uh, two cents worth. And it is uh, it is an entertaining watch, of course. And if you haven't seen the original video, you definitely should watch it anyway, because it is really quite shocking what these fly-by-night locksmiths will do. So, now we move on to products. And first up, we have this one, which is brought to you in part by Rubber Band. This was brought to my attention by both Terrell and iFisk. And it's the Bird Box, a dual-light impressioning optic system. And in his tweets, Rubber Band said, Well, Twitter, I said I had something in the works, and here it is. This is the Bird Box, a dual-light impressioning optic system. Let me go over the features we're going to have. First, the two lights are independently colored, controlled via an app. The app allows independent brightness and color control available on iOS, Android, and browser. The lights can also be controlled by one device. So if you were teaching a class, you could dial everyone's brightness up or change the color to clarify something. The optics are a standard jeweler's loop and the adapter to hold this could be exchanged to whatever optics you like, a monocular, built-in optic, different loop, what have you. Very open-ended. The slot for the key is large and allows for any number of key holders. It is USB-C rechargeable. It's light, and the production version will have a lanyard hole for carry assistance. 
He says, I've uploaded a YouTube video going over its features and why I'm so excited about it. Impressioning is a part of the lock sport that has not had any real R&D for a while. I brought my impressioning handle to market to make it somewhat more accessible and started the impressioning discord, put together a traveling impressioning box for people to borrow and learn impressioning and tried to help people learn. Now with optics enhancement projects like this, finding marks on a key will be a little easier for the newcomer and maybe even faster for the initiated. I am really thrilled about this and want to share it here. I hope you like it. Please ask any questions you may have here. And that's referring to the Twitter post, which will, of course, be linked in the show notes. And also linked will be the video, which is Rubber Bands number 60, The Bird Box in Impressioning Optics System. So this is uh, this is a really cool product, and it'll be interesting to see when it comes. It is not available for sale yet, uh, but when it does become available, and as soon as I know about it, I will announce that here. And also a quick shout out to Rubber Band. If you need impressioning files, the handles, whatever, check out his hooligankeys.com website. That's where I purchased my file um, and stuff and my blanks. So check him out. If you are getting into impressioning, watch his videos. He does an excellent job of showing you what the marks should look like. He's the reason I learned to impression was watching his videos and uh, buying a good quality file from him. Don't go buy one at Harbor Freight or Home Depot. Get a good quality file that is meant for impressioning. It makes all the difference. And so do optics. That's why this box is a really good idea because being able to see the marks is everything. If you have, especially if you have vision as bad as mine is getting optics are everything light and optics anyway moving on so anyway digby lock and tool sent out an email to those of us who ordered an alpha if you haven't seen this email yet check your uh, spam filters make sure you haven't changed your email address or anything like that but he lays out the shipping schedule for the Alpha. I'll just kind of touch on a few parts of the email here. It says the Alpha is complete and shipping worldwide. As you read this, the package to Australia has been en route for about a week and should be ready for distribution there any day. As soon as I have word of its arrival, the European orders will ship. They are ready here in boxes next to me. Seven days after those ship, the U.S. orders will be released and those will show up in two to three days depending on where you are in the country. For those of you in U.S. and the Europe, I would like to ask you to think through the last year and recall if you have moved at this time. The last thing I want is to ship locks to the wrong address. If you have moved, please respond to this email with your order number, name, and new address. I would also like to ask a favor of those of you that are not intending to push for a first pick of the Alpha. If only five of you would volunteer to receive your lock a week or two later than the main group, it would help me out. I have some parts here that work, but have suffered blemishes either in production or assembly, and I would like to remake them. If I have no volunteers, I would understand. You all have been waiting almost a year for the, at this point. If you want to volunteer, you can respond to the email with I can wait in either your name or order number. And he says, I deeply appreciate all the patience you have shown in waiting for these locks. I've hardly been contacted about it at all. I take this as a sign that the picking community is truly a patient lot. For those of you who are not in the Discord and have missed all the updates on her progress, you are truly saintly. Feel free to write me back with any questions you might have. 
anyway, just really looking forward to the, <laughs> having my hands on that uh, gorgeous work of art that he has created. If you have ordered an Alpha Lock and you did not receive this email, go through, double check. If you still have record of what email you used when you ordered, stuff like that, make sure you haven't changed your email, make sure you haven't changed your address so that you can be sure to get your Alpha Lock. And Bowley Lock put out a tweet on the 24th of July, said, Rotisera door locks go on sale tomorrow. So now they have the Rotisera disc detainer locking system is now available in deadbolt door locks and padlocks at their website, bowleylockcompany.com. If you're interested in that, looks like a really, really cool design that I'd kind of like to get my hands on, but that's just going to have to wait for now. And CLK Supplies put out a video highlighting a new product they have, the Lockpick Lodge. It says, how do you carry, store, and organize your lockpicks? PJ introduces the Lockpick Lodge, where there is room for all your standard lockpicks, leashy tools, and more. It says, we got this idea from the Lockboss community, so we're excited to hear that what everyone thinks. Comment below and tell us what do you think of the Lockpicking Lodge. And the Lockpicking Lodge is a semi-rigid sided case that allow, that has fold-out flaps for all of your picks and turning tools and then room inside for your leashy picks as well. So if you are a locksmith that is responding to lockouts, this could be a very useful uh, addition to your kit. And that brings us to meetups. We have a new one here sent in by iFisk, B-Sides Augusta in Georgia. Yearly Information Security Conference takes place October 1st, 2022, and I believe they do have a lockpicking village taking place there. They have in years past, evidently, according to their website. That is October 1st in Augusta, Georgia. If you're going to be in the area, check it out. We still have DEF CON taking place August 11th through the 14th. They also have a lockpicking village that you can uh, volunteer to help in, even. LockCon 2022 takes place in, I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, but I keep saying it Barlow. It's B-A-A-R-L-O, and that is from the 25th of August to the 28th of August. ISSA LA's 12th Annual Information Security Summit takes place September 20th to the 22nd, and that is going to have a uh, physical security keynote by Deviant Olaf. St. Con 2022 is in Provo, Utah, October 25th through the 28th, and that has keynotes by Deviant Olaf, Stephanie Snow Carruthers, Jason E. Street. And that's it for the meetups. So that brings us to the Lockpickers United belts for the week. First up, we have a new purple belt. A big congratulations to Bandito, Brandito 07 for earning purple. And we have a new black belt, Crispix. The uh, Lockpickers United Discord announcement for this black belt in part read, Welcome to another UK picker, Crispix, a fine picker of all locks who has shown immense skill in distantainers for his belt request, having produced great videos on the Abloy Classic profile, Sentry, Disc Lock, Exec, and the Rosengren, Rosengren's 32A81S. 
So congratulations to Chris Pix on your brand new black belt. And showing us all up, making us look like we're standing still this last week, Yabenda earned 15th Don on his black belt. I don't even know what to say. Some people just have more skill than the rest of us put together, I think. So if you're not already familiar with this Lockbrickers United belt system, it is a fun game and an interesting way to progress through your skills as you learn lockpicking. There are links in the show notes to the official rules, as well as several videos and other sites that explain the process. So you can check those out if you would like. Over at Speedlocks, there are some new first records. We have PandaFrog picking the registered U.S. mail lock in 13.347 seconds with a lemon stuck on his tension wrench. Uh, Kraken picking a Packlock 90A in 14.033. Dependent Quartet 577 picked multiple locks here. We've got the Yale YE1-40 in 1.8. The Yale Y90SB-45 in 8.567. The Yale 500 series in 40.767 seconds. And we have a Packlock PL410 picked by Lockpicking Fisherman in 4.223 seconds. Some very fast times over there. So congratulations to all of you. Now it's time for me to take a quick break and say thank you to the people that made this episode possible. First of all, huge thank you to Bandito Brandito 7 for the very generous $100 donation to PayPal. And in his note, he said he's made it a goal to one day hear his handle on the belt ranking mentions, and he had finally made it to purple. So congratulations again on your purple belt, and thank you for the generous donation. So with that, uh, the producers for this episode include the PayPal and Patreon donors. We have Jimmy Longs, Bandito Brandito, Meddler, Pandafrog, Michael Gilchrist, Starlock, Williams Brain, Dave to be deciphered, Lee Bonds Locksport Journey, Pat from Uncensored Tactical, Three Raccoons and a Coat, Cheryl, aka Anthony, Dr. Hagmaster, Clayton Howard, aka Cooltoon, Mog, John Locke, Rat Yoke, Mr. Picker, Cranky Lockpicker, GHP Picking, Barebones Lockpicking, Deadbolt Cafe, NWA Lockpicker, Snake. Chief content producers for this episode, we have a tie between Cheryl, uh, aka Anthony, and I, Fisk. Other content producers are Albert LaBelle, Bandito Brandito 07, Barebones Lockpicking, Dark Arts Lockpicking, Diggs, Gravity Karma, Holly, Joe Picks, Joshua Gonzalez, Kicks Picks, Knox Locks, Prince, and Tony Varelli. Thank you to all of you for your support. I can't say it enough. This show is only possible because of your support. So if you get value out of this show, please help support it. Help me keep it going. The number one thing you can do, the most important thing you can do, is send in news, links, events, giveaway information, anything Locksport related that you think the community would like to know about. Send it to podcast at thelocksportscast.com or any of the other li- methods that I list in the show notes. I'm over on Twitter and Instagram, which I don't check very much, but I am there. Um, Discord, such. Just let me know in whatever way is most convenient to you, and I will try to get it on the show. Don't forget to share the show with your lockpicking friends. You can also leave a review, comment, thumbs up, whatever the platform of your choice allows. Don't forget to subscribe on that platform that you listen on. And if you want, you can uh, donate via PayPal or subscribe on Patreon. 
And if you support the show with a donation or information I use on the show, I will give you credit in the show and in the show notes. As always, I am looking for stories about people's experiences in Locksport or as locksmiths. Anything you think is interesting that people will find interesting, send it to me at the uh, methods I said earlier. You can also go to locksportscast.com slash contact and or the other methods I already stated to leave feedback. Just remember, if you want it shared on the show, which is not required, it can be confidential. But if you want it shared on the show, keep it reasonable length, polite, work family safe, no politics, and not just drama. Moving on to lockpicking criminals, we have an article here. Man arrested on suspicion of forgery and identity theft from The Signal in Santa Clarita Valley, written by Caleb Lunette. It says a man was arrested after deputies reported finding him in possession of a stolen driver's licenses and credit cards. The vehicle the suspect was driving was pulled over after it was connected with a parolee. As they contacted the male driver, the police say they confirmed him to be the parolee. They learned he possessed narcotics within the vehicle. During a compliance check of the vehicle, deputies discovered several credit cards driver's licenses not named to the suspect, as well as several baggies of methamphetamine, altered shaved keys, and other fraudulent items. The article says a shaved key is a key that has its sides or face shaved down in order for it to function like any other lock pick. Often a shaved key can be used to apply tension and or jiggle a car's ignition until the vehicle accepts it. Suspect was arrested on suspicion of forgery, identity theft, possession of a controlled substance, parole violation, possession of burglary tools, and possession of drug paraphernalia. He's being held in lieu of a $115,000 U.S. bond. And uh, shaved keys. Yes, so I remember when I worked for Honda, there was quite a bit of talk about shaved keys. And uh, while it may have been used probably quite successfully on the door locks, because Quite often, there was no signs in the stolen vehicles that came in of how they got through the door. The ignitions, they didn't use the shaved key on. At least in the the early 2000s, when I was there, those ignitions were easy to uh, break in a way that allowed the steering lock to be released and easy access to start the car. They, They didn't even bother with anything else. It was get in the door, tear off the the column cover and break the lock away and start the car and drive off over and over again it was always the same mo the next article out of the uk couple broke into holiday park slot and vending machines this was reported in the isle of white county press so a couple from the isle of white who targeted vending and slot machines at island holiday parks were warned they faced the prospect of jail the pair jointly admitted the theft of 450 48 pounds and going equipped for theft at Rookie or Rookley County Park on July 1st last year. They also jointly admitted on uh, an additional charge of going equipped for theft at Whitecliff Bay Holiday Park on July 11th last year. At Rookley County Park Arcade, they had a carrier bag which contained tools used to break into the machines. Although it was not witnessed, they were caught on CCTV. Next day, a check of the machines revealed cash shortage and cash boxes damaged. On July 11th, at the Whitecliff Bay Holiday Park Arcade, employees spotted the couple and suspected they committed the Rookliff 
Rookley theft. On their arrival, police found them with a large bag with wheels, which contained lockpicks, heavy-duty magnets, and a device labeled slot machine killer. When officers spoke with the male suspect, he initially gave a false name. He confessed to the slot machine break-ins and said he had a gambling addiction, spending hundreds of pounds a week on it, including his entire unemployment benefit check. He had last appeared in court for flouting a probation order made in August last year for a similar type of theft. The female has no previous convictions and told officers she had the bag because she liked it. The defense in this case said that the male had amassed large debts and had drug and gambling habit and was unemployed and stealing. They also said that she was infatuated with him and she'd never been in trouble before and didn't have the strength of character to say she didn't want to get involved. Both are currently working. He has sorted out his drug addiction and is a completely different person than the one who committed the offenses, according to the defense. However, the magistrates said both passed the custody threshold and ordered reports on them, bailing them to reappear for sentencing at the same venue on August 9th. So it sounds like they probably will be spending some time behind bars for those thefts. I want to know what this uh, device is, the slot machine killer. Is that one of those little EMP devices or, or what do they have? I'm curious now. Anyway, moving on to sales. Uh, we have a new one here. This one is from Law Lock Tools. It was posted by Review, Review Guru on Twitter. The tweet said, hey guys, great 10% discount code for Andy Law's Lock Sport and Locksmith Tools. Minimum purchase amount, 50 pounds. You can click the link below to check out the tools I use every day. He's also having a huge summer sale and you can use code SUMMER25 to get 25% off on summer sale items. So I have a link to that tweet as well as a link to his discount uh I will have his discount link in the show notes as well that you can use directly in case you don't go through Twitter. And Barebones Lockpicking has a new code for August. The previous one expires as of today, the day I'm recording this, so will be of no use to you when you hear this. But this new code is MICKOZ10, and that expires at the end of August. So Barebones Lockpicking discount code MICKOZ10. If you're shopping over at lockpickmall.com, you have a choice of three separate codes, one for Dark Arts Lockpicking, the Dark VIP code, one for Albert LaBelle, that code is Albert, Joe Picks is, has the code Joe Picks, over at 3dlocksport.com, you can get your favorite 3D printed Locksport accessories with the code lock, LSCAST10, you can save 10%, be sure to check that out. Over at makealocks.com, they have the perennial code BYMAKO for 15% off. And UK Lockpickers has the code GIFT for 10% off. That also never seems to expire. And now for giveaways, we have 100 subscriber giveaway from Average Life of Prince. Rules? Very simple. Be a subscriber. Pick a lock or try to pick a lock on camera. Any lock will do. Number three. Call or text a friend or family member that you haven't spoken to in a while and see how they're doing. Uh, says, I'd love to hear some stories, but that's completely up to you whether you share or not. This is an honor system giveaway. Make sure to use the hashtag Prince100Subs so I can find your video. Random drawing at the end of August. 
shipping anywhere worldwide covered by him. And thanks again to the community. You guys are awesome. I love this rule. Um, and my wife thought this was, was amazing too. Call or text a friend or family member that you haven't spoken to in a while and see how they're doing. How many of us remember to do that very regularly? I know I rarely do. Also, be sure to keep an eye on Noxlock's channel. This was the second week of his second giveaway, I believe. So he should be starting a new giveaway here in a little while. So keep an eye on his channel for the announcement of the next giveaway. He's doing bi-weekly giveaways, a total of 13 of them. So just uh, I'll keep sharing the link to his channel in the show notes and be sure to keep checking it out for new giveaways. Also, CLK Supplies is always doing their hashtag LockBoss giveaway. So be sure to keep an eye on their channel for that if you are interested in giveaways. And that brings us to the end of another episode. And again, thank you all for tuning in and staying subscribed. This has been quite a journey. I never really expected to have uh, a podcast or to have it be as uh, successful or as liked as it has been. Sometimes I am constantly, actually, Always, I'm constantly shocked that I have the listeners that I have and that you are willing to support me as much as you do. It's really, really, really appreciated. So just remember, you know, I rely on that support. This show is what it is because of you. If you guys stop listening, stop supporting, I'll stop doing it. But as long as you keep supporting me and keep sending me the news information that I need to keep the show going, I will keep the show going. Um, unless, of course, something dramatic happens in life. But as be- to my best of my ability, I will keep the show going. Thank you, and remember to keep it legal. A federal law enforcement, not informant, enforcement, enforcement. Say it with me, enforcement.